This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you are the kind of guy or gal that likes to bet a little or win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, You'll multiply your winnings, and no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. Blue Wire. Think about Lois. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott dodged the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Welcome into episode 43 of Press Pass. I'm Kayla Anderson, joined by... My co-host, Gabriella Giovanni, and we're just excited. We still, I think, are like having that momentum after a wild weekend of college football. Ella, did you survive? <laughs> I'm exhausted. I am exhausted, but it's the best kind of exhaustion, right? Week one of college football. It was very college football-esque. Let's just say that, right? Some weird things going on, some upsets, some breakout stars. Game of the week, living up to all the hype. I loved it. I loved every minute of it, and I'm so glad it's back. So I want to start off with our moments of the week, and I'm going to say that my moment was Coach Mac Brown, head coach of North Carolina. After being away from the game for five years, his Tar Heels get the win over South Carolina this weekend, and it was it was incredible. After the game, I just loved it because this just shows it goes way beyond just what goes on there on the field. And he got really emotional in his interview with ESPN's Allison Williams. And he pretty much just said, you know, we made a lot of mistakes out there, but I'm just so proud of what my guys did and they were able to pull off the win. And it was just really cool to see a, a coach that has kind of been away from the game in, in terms of coaching it for a while, just to see his passion his real passion for it out there after the game was amazing. And then followed by the dance moves in the locker room. Uh, <laughs> you just couldn't 
you could not help but love seeing a 60-year-old, 68-year-old, I should say, oh, yeah. just kind of like trying to, you know, get in there, have fun with his kids, relate to his kids. Hey, he still has it. He still got it. I mean, I think there was a lot of criticism when he returned to coaching that he's too old and, you know, he's been away from the game, but that post-game interview was why he returned, you know, it it was for those types of moments and for coaching and molding young men. And I loved it. It was great. My moment of the week, Jalen Hurts. I know this is a probably very cliche moment of the week, but how can we get through this podcast and not mention Jalen Hurts, yeah. grad transfer, showed up at Oklahoma, entered the quarterback factory that is Oklahoma football under Lincoln Riley. He's arguably the most beloved quarterback in college football. I don't think there's many people around the country, probably Auburn fans included, that don't love Jalen Hurts for who he is as a person. He had an opportunity he could have transferred from Alabama. He stuck it out and he got his degree at Alabama, even though he was riding the bench, became a hero. He did incredible things when he was the starter at Alabama, but then his time had come. He moved on after he got his degree. But boy, he learned that Oklahoma offense so fast. He was ready. He was confident, poised. He looked like he'd been in the system for four years. I thought that was very impressive. His numbers are going to blow you away. 332 passing yards, 176 on the ground, three rushing touchdowns, three passing touchdowns, and he did it in three quarters, not even a full game. I am on the Jalen Hurts hype train all the way to the Heisman ceremony in December. Bring it, baby. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see. Um, Obviously, Lincoln Riley has been a quarterback whisperer of sorts, and so maybe he can bring Jalen to that point, and they, Oklahoma, I should say, will get three Heisman winners in a row. That might be the most craziest thing, but I'll let him take it step by step. Mm -hmm. But I am really impressed with what he did in his showing with, guess what, every single person watching in the country because they were the only game on, so... This was his moment. He was made for this moment. He's been ready for this moment. I think what makes him even more special is that he has the experience. He's played on the biggest stages in college football, and that is going to pay off, I think, for this Oklahoma team and for Jalen Hurts. But let's get into the game of the week, Oregon and Auburn. Highly anticipated non-conference matchup. We've been harping on the importance of these non-conference matchups for many weeks now. So it arrived on Saturday night. The big story obviously was Justin Herbert and the strong Oregon offense against that true freshman quarterback, Bo Nix, and a nasty Auburn defense. All of that certainly lived up to the hype. But for me, Kayla, Oregon's defense, I think was definitely underrated and impressed in the first half, at least of that game. They held Auburn obviously to three points headed into the break and they were chippy. They confused Bo Nix a lot, throwing him different reads. They picked apart Auburn's offensive line. And then, of course, offensively, Justin Herbert showed why he'll be playing on Sundays next year. He's a stellar quarterback. But the Auburn defense that we were warned about showed up in that second half. They settled in, holding the Ducks to just seven total points in the second half. And then the Tigers' offense got to scoring. Yeah, you know, Pac-12 teams now, this is disappointing. And I kind of, like, want to divorce the conference. Um, (laughs) Can I do that? Um, Pac-12 teams are now 0-10 and have been outscored by an average of 15.5 points in their past 10 games against ranked SEC teams. That dates back to 2008. So um, I don't want to hear 
friends back home and people back home, I love you. I love the Pac-12. But right now, I don't want to hear you making excuses for them. The best thing to do right now is not have any more excuses and fix the problem, however that might be. I don't know. But it's, Ella, it's not how you you finish or you start games. It's how you finish them. And the Ducks, unfortunately, let off the gas. They looked like the better team. They were by far the better team. They were in control. They had a plan. They were executing well. It was the way they came out really impressed me because I knew they were going to be good, but I didn't know they were going to be that good. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, though, with teams like this in the Pac-12 that they haven't been able to show that they can sustain that. And the Tigers did the opposite. And, you know, Oregon let a true freshman, a true freshman, beat them. And for me, like, that's more so an issue in coaching. Like, you can't get these guys to sustain sustain that level of play for the entire game. And as for Bo Nix, I can't say enough about this young fella. He still has a lot of work to do, Ella. He definitely made some bad throws. He had some not-so-great decisions. But here's the thing. That win gave him a lot of confidence. And with being a son of a former quarterback and a son of a, a current coach, you know that he has the natural ability and the smarts. So I think this kid is going to be Well, and here's the good. thing. If they lost, it would have just been, oh, they were playing a freshman quarterback, right? That's an easy thing to lean on. True. But since they won because of him making a game-winning throw, he became an Auburn legend overnight. And that's what's crazy. And I think the thing that impressed me the most about him was that final drive, okay? He looked in control. All game, you kept thinking, "Mm, is he ready for this moment? I don't know if he can do this. All of a sudden, he is directing traffic. He is so calm and comfortable in the situation. And for Gus Malzahn to believe in his freshman quarterback, you want to talk about confidence? Now, Bo Nix knows. Now that whole team knows. Malzahn believes in him, so everyone else should. And that is huge moving forward and as for the Pac-12 they needed Oregon to win and I think now just looking into the Pac-12 if Washington turns out to be the best team in the Pac-12 which that Washington transfer quarterback I don't think they are I, I don't think they are either but that quarterback showed a lot of promise if they happen to be the best team they need Oregon to be strong if they want to make a run in the playoffs if not I don't think the Pac-12 has a representative in the college football playoffs this year I mean, I think if they do, it's going to be a Utah at this point. I I don't believe, I think Washington is hype too. I I feel like, you know, these are the teams that they have to lean on right now for any kind of exposure. And now that Oregon has kind of ruined their opportunity, at least at the moment, you know, they're probably going to turn to Washington and say, okay, Washington, what can you do? But, you know, honestly, Ella, again, I still feel like Utah's probably the best team coming out of the Pac-12. Are they good enough to make a run in the playoffs? And, and, And we really don't know. So let's let our listeners in on a little secret here. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keeps your customers happy. And right now, Press Pass listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use promo code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card information. 
Yeah, ShipStation works with all of the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customers. Now, wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Just visit ShipStation.com. Now, click on the microphone at the top of your homepage and type in blue. That's ShipStation.com. Then enter promo code blue. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. Well, Ella, it was an interesting weekend back in the sports office. I was holding down the fort, uh, cutting a ton of highlights, which included some very miserable ones because it was not a good start for the SEC in the East. And I will start with the game that I had to cover to extents, uh, extensive. How would I say that? Extensively. There we go. Tennessee upset by Georgia State, a program that was two and ten last year, that is only ten years old, and that the balls paid nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars to play to try and get and should have gotten. The win. It shouldn't have even been an issue. Instead, they were upset by the Panthers 38 to 30. Now, let me hear it, Ken. This was not just a win. This was embarrassing for volunteers fans and for the program and for the SEC as a whole. The pa- I mean, I'm telling you, the Panthers came into this game. I watched this game from start to finish, Ella. They came into Neyland Stadium, a packed stadium, opening day. I don't know if you've ever, you know, really watched a game there, but it's incredible. The fans are incredible. I've been in that stadium. The energy is incredible. I mean, they were just like so excited. This is a new season. You're 200 Jeremy Pruitt. And they got worked. This is a game that is won in the trenches. We've talked about this, Ella. And Georgia State won. They won that battle. They got to Garantano five or four times. They pushed them around. They couldn't, they could not. They could not see what was coming from Georgia State. And to me, that is real issue because that means you didn't prepare right. Just, what was it last week, a few weeks ago, we talked about the importance of a team like Tennessee in the SEC and the importance of them rising up yes. out of the ashes here and doing something for their program. They don't have to be a college, a college football playoff team. They're not going to be when they're playing in the SEC, but the importance of them playing some good football to strengthen that conference. Obviously the SEC dominates, but when you have these teams at the bottom that get embarrassed like this, I mean, when when these programs are paying $950,000 for another team to come into your stadium and play, you're basically paying for a win, a guaranteed win. Yes. That's what it is. That's what it is. And, and here's the thing, like after the game, their coach, got up and spoke to the the guys and, and he pretty much said, well, I was talking about the Panthers coach and he pretty much said like, they say it's, you know, the SEC, it's all about the SEC. Well, today it was about us, you know? And then on the opposite side, you, Jeremy Pruitt got up to the microphone and pretty much said, we just didn't have these guys prepared and they didn't, you know, execute. And the, and these players were pretty much saying, I mean, Jared Garantano, I, I give him a lot of respect for even being as composed as he was after that game. Yep. Uh, he pretty much just said, he, you know, he was like, we're pissed. Uh, we're embarrassed. 
one of the guys said were flabbergasted. Like, I mean, these are the words that are coming out of these kids' mouth. They weren't prepared, Ella. That's what it comes down to. And I don't know how that happens. I don't know. That's a, that's a problem. What you know is really funny. My husband, Travis said mm-hmm. today that he was, he was looking online. We were watching Paul Feinbaum too this afternoon. And this is a true thing that's happening right now. Alabama or Tennessee fans are now, there's a theory out there that they hired Alabama, like pretty much said Pruitt's going up there. We're going to have him sink the program even further. This is this is a true like this is like what people are starting to think. Like he came up there on purpose. That to is sink the classic college football is in peak <laughs> form right now. Oh yes. my god. Col- That's college amazing. football in the well, south. Shall we move on to the rest of the wonderful SEC from the weekend? Yeah. To the awful the play in South Carolina, it's that's it was no different. I mentioned, you know, Mac Brown squad, UNC got the win over them. It was twenty four to twenty. It wasn't like they got blown out of the water. But look, mm-hmm. Will Muschamp was expected to come in there and win that game. And he didn't. And and this is a UNC that And was they're very awful. much in a rebuild and they know they're in a rebuild. <laughs> so I yeah. mean in South Carolina, they haven't been bad the past few years. They've been competitive. I mean, there's, there's no reason not to win that game. So that was another one that blew my mind. And then, right. of course, Missouri upset by Wyoming. Wyoming, 37-31, they lost. Kelly Bryant threw for over 400 yards, but he had some costly turnovers. And at the end of the day, Kayla, he can't play defense. You know, I mean, he, he can't do it all. Wyoming put on 27 points in the second quarter. Where was their defense? Yeah, I mean, these are the things. These are these are supposed to be tune-up games for teams like Missouri, South Carolina, Tennessee. Like we're saying, these are not games where you should really be having to pull out all the stops. You should be able to be a little bit rusty and still win these games. Yeah. I mean, we saw it. Alabama wasn't perfect right. in that first quarter. They didn't score, but yet they worked the kinks out. That's a time for you to work them out. It's not the whole game. You don't have the whole game to work it out and get beat. And then, you know, Ole Miss, it's the same thing. I was watching that Ole Miss game as well. And I'm not saying Memphis is is like a horrible team. Mm-hmm. I think that that was – I think people expected that one to be a little bit closer. Um, so I don't think that was as much of a shock. But still, it's an SEC team. And when people brag about the SEC, and we've said it too, it's one of the, you know, strongest conferences from top to bottom. No. So we think – You obviously had some wins. So Arkansas, but they, they escaped Portland State. Kentucky escaped Toledo. And then Vandy, of course, lost to Georgia – and and then you know let's not forget last week Florida escaped Miami but one bright spot really obviously is Georgia their rushing game was so impressive to me 323 total rushing yards that running back DeAndre Swift rushed for 147 so in my eyes the SEC East is Georgia's right now I don't see Florida beating them I mean unless they take this they had a bye week this week next week they're playing in a cupcake game they take these two weeks and really build, Georgia's the team to beat in the SEC East, and I don't see that changing. And then, of course, you know, Alabama won, LSU, Auburn, Mississippi State. But just so, just a weird, weird weekend in the SEC. Yeah, I want to say really quick on the note of Georgia, because that game was here in Nashville. You talk about their running game. Their running game is their running game, because have you seen their offensive line? Their offensive line is ridiculous. And thank God Jake Fromm has them 
because he's not perfect. But when you have an offensive line like that, and then you got a running back like that, things are going to work out for you. And he's got he has some time to make some mistakes. Bringing up Jake Fromm, I just want to go off on something real quick that has been turning in my head. I think it's really interesting that we saw now two Georgia transfer quarterbacks, Justin Fields, perform at Ohio State for the first time on Saturday. And Eason performed for the first time at Washington on Saturday. Both had really good games. And I just would love to know what those quarterback battles look like in Georgia between Fromm, Fields, and Eason before. That led Jake Fromm to get the start. I'm not saying, I mean, he's a great quarterback. I just think it's really interesting to think that those three guys were battling it out. And then you see Justin Fields and what he did in the opening six minutes of his first Buckeye football game. And you just wonder like what was going on at practice that always pointed you to Jake from, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, you don't know. I, I just think that's interesting to think about because both of those transfer quarterbacks Maybe have really, grown. really great games on Saturday. Yeah. And that's, and that's why whether or not you like the transfer transfer portal, it's for these kids, it's an opportunity to play somewhere else. But, uh, that obviously kind of leads us to wrap up this SEC discussion of the importance of why the SEC did not perform well this week and what that kind of means. The way I look at it is the ACC hasn't been good. Clemson has been good. So in my eyes, a conference needs to be good from top to bottom, not just two or three dominant programs at the top makes them a dominant conference. We've been harping on this the whole, the whole way through here with losses like Tennessee and Missouri and South Carolina, although they're not powerhouses in the SEC, being good competitive football teams really kind of amps up the the validity of the conference as a whole. And I think that's really important. I think it is more important that these that these programs at the bottom are losing. I, I don't think people see it as it being important because they just shrug their shoulders and say, well, it's Tennessee. They're not good. Yeah, but if they were better, if they were winning games they should be winning, doesn't that make the SEC as a whole more powerful? Yeah, but here's the thing. I mean, when we talk, and we talk about it too, and so I can't sit here and blame other people, but we always say, well, the SEC is the most dominant conference than the Big Ten. And if you really go down the line, what it really chalks up to be is there's a couple really big name programs at the top of those conferences. And those are the conferences we say are really strong right now. Because when you compare SEC that has had Alabama and Georgia be really dominant, Mm -hmm. and then you have the Big Ten, which has had Ohio State, Penn State, and I'll put Michigan in there because it's Michigan, and they like to talk about Michigan. They don't compare, and they're going to get all the love compared to a Pac-12 that has no USC anymore. And USC was the one who would get the headlines and keep the Mm Pac-12 even in conversation of being a power conference. But now that USC is irrelevant, we're really talking about SEC and Big Ten, but it's not really from top to bottom, right? Like, see how the Big Ten performs in the bowl season. See how the SEC performs in the bowl season, because that means more for our conference. I mean, it's not a big deal if you win the pinstripe bowl, right? But it's good for the conference that a Big Ten team you know, beat a Pac-12 team in the pinstripe ball. I just pulled that out. I don't even know if that could be a matchup. But do you know what I'm saying? So I think this is a conversation that is actually more interesting towards oh, the yeah. end of the season to see what more program, not just those Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State teams do, but what some of those kind of middle tier sure. conference teams do. I think that will be interesting to, to revisit. 
Yep, absolutely. Well, here's the thing. A few of us on this show use <laughs> Harry's razors. Now, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, I have you... I have borrowed Travis's razor before, so technically this is true. Now, if you visit their website, you can check out all different shave sets and face care products. Uh, Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your special offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. Why try Harry's? Well, here's the thing. Harry's founders were two regular guys tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced razors. Now, Harry's makes quality, durable blades at a fair price. Just $2 a blade. If you don't love your shave, let them know, and they'll give you a full refund. This summer, even though it's coming to an end, get ready for fall and refresh your wallet and your face with the Harry's trial set. It comes with a weighted ergonomic. I don't even know if I said that right. That's a that's a $5 word. Ergonomic <laughs> handle for an easy grip, five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade for a close shave, rich lathering shave gel that will leave you smelling great, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. Listeners of our show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. Make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your offer and let them know I sent you to help support the show. Well, Kayla, we dissected the SEC. Let's go into the Big Ten. Looking competitive opening weekend. Only two losses all weekend. Purdue lost in a walk-off field goal versus Nevada. And then Northwestern, that was an ugly game, lost to Stanford. Uh, The big, big story, Jonathan Taylor, Wisconsin's running back, 135 yards, two rushing TDs, two receiving touchdowns. The Badgers looked good, Kay. Yeah, and we had mentioned Jonathan Taylor, remember, in our previews of the Big Ten? Here's the thing. I mean, when you have a running back that can do that much damage, and I know that they're still kind of working out things with the quarterback and everything, but right now... This running back is going to be hard to beat. And Wisconsin, honestly, like they looked good. Really, really good. I've been fighting for Wisconsin this whole offseason because yeah. there's so much hype about Nebraska I, that has been driving right. me up a wall. And I was so happy to see them come out swinging because I'm thinking all these people that are, you know, chomping on their corn right now, you're going to tell <laughs> me Nebraska, Nebraska is better than Wisconsin? No. That's not true. No way. They're my favorite in the Big Ten West, for sure. Jonathan Taylor allows this young quarterback to make mistakes um, because he can rely on their running back because he's a playmaker. He gets things done. He scores. He's still young, and he's, too. He's young. He's gutsy. I love it. Mission State, their defense really impressed me. Of course, they're playing Tulsa, but <laughs> Tulsa, if you look at the box score, negative 73 rushing yards. Yeah, that was impressive. Yeah, Michigan State's defense, yeah, they surprised me. I was liking that. And then there were some big scoring games like Penn State. I mean, let's – we all understand. I mean, they played Idaho. We all understand the opponents, right? But hanging 79. Yeah. Maryland Maryland on 79 on Howard. Even Illinois. How about that? Love. I didn't even, like, know who Howard was. I know. (laughs) I I was like – I know almost every program. Like, what is Howard? Howard. God, but uh, Illinois, Lovey Smith coming in hot, putting up. Illinois looked decent. I know, forty-two against Akron. I mean, he has that transfer quarterback from Michigan, so maybe they'll do a few things in the Big Ten. We'll see. Um, obviously, like we said, not the best opponents, but they showed a competitive nature to this conference um, because we're not used to seeing Illinois being competitive. 
Maryland, they have their moments, but hanging 79 isn't bad. Illinois, that was a big one for them. This is a fun fact. They haven't beaten an FBS opponent by more than three touchdowns or had a quarterback throw three touchdowns since 2015. So if that doesn't show how they've been struggling, there you go. They have. Well, it's about time because they've they've got to do something or Lovey's going to be going bye-bye. Yeah, and he's been there for, for a little bit now. He's been there for a while, yeah. yeah. So it's time. Maybe maybe that quarterback is what he needs. We'll see. And then <laughs> the, the thing actually about the Big Ten this weekend, too, that really impressed me, this is going to sound ridiculous, I know, but as we've been on the subject of conferences being good from top to bottom, Rutgers, don't you know? Oh boy. They've been that team at the bottom with no shot. They've won seven games since joining the Big Ten. Seven. Seven. That is it. So, you know, everyone wonders, myself included, why they're even in the Big Ten. But here we are. And they did something pretty great this weekend. They were down 21 to 7 at the end of the first quarter. And then they come back and put up 31 points in the second quarter. Their defense showed up in the second half. Didn't allow a single point. They ended up winning. I just think that's huge for their program. I mean, Rutgers, you could basically put on the same level as Tennessee right now is like kind of bottom of the barrel of their conference. But Rutgers found it in them. And I think that's that's great for Chris Ash. You kind of feel bad for Chris Ash because how much can he possibly do to allow them to compete in the Big Ten? So it's a good win for them. Exciting. And then obviously we have the Shea Pattersons and the Michigans of the world, the Justin Fields and Ohio State's of the world. They both impressed. They're obviously the front runners in the East. I will say, though, I'm going to add into this Michigan game, though. Shea Patterson looked good. Not taking any way, anything away from him. But you know who played Michigan and you know who held their own. Go on ahead. Saturday night was Middle Tennessee, baby. Middle Tennessee and Coach Rick Stockstill brought his boys into the big house and they scored the first touchdown. And guess what? They didn't ever no, back down in that game. Fighting. And I will say this they looked pretty decent uh-huh. for going into a big, big time program and really not letting them push mm-hmm. him around. So I don't know if that was more MTSU and Rick just really had his guys prepared because that's yep. a brand new quarterback this year. Or if Michigan just kind of had their guard down. But I did want to give a shout out to MT- MTSU and the mighty Blue Raiders because you know I'm not a <laughs> Yeah, Michigan well, fan. when it was 14-7, to 7, when Michigan was leading just 14-7 to 7 for quite a while, I was thinking if this is Appalachian State 2.0, my brain is going no, to I, know, right? I, I didn't want that to be the case, obviously, <laughs> because I want Michigan and Ohio State to, to meet at their best. But yeah, for a little while, I was thinking, wow, Middle Tennessee, way to, way to come to the big house. <laughs> and then obviously, Justin Fields and yeah. Ohio State, things look good under Ryan Day. We t- we've talked about this before. Things just didn't look right anymore with Urban Meyer. I don't know what it was. That defense wasn't doing it. No, it was yeah, time for right. a change. I think Justin Fields is exactly what they needed in terms of igniting that offense. And then you have Chase Young on the defense. He's going to be a monster. He's going to have a great season. It's really exciting. And I think the best part of that whole game and some of the post-game stuff I've seen is how much these guys love Ryan Day. Like, they they are bought yeah, in. That's yep, what we said, though. Him. That's what we said. We said that in our previews. We said the biggest thing about what matters for this team right now is will they buy into what – Ryan Day is selling and yeah they are and that's why he's able to continue to recruit and there's been no drop off Ella I mean there and if they go on a run if they go on a run it's only going to get better so that was pretty exciting to see 
All right, let's take it into good stuff from the gridiron. Kayla, this one I loved. This is classic college football, good old Georgia Tech we were talking about earlier. They incentivize their defense by writing their Instagram handles on a whiteboard on the sidelines when a player forces a turnover. So say Kayla Anderson's out there and forces the turnover at Kayla Anderson TV gets to be written on a whiteboard and held up on the sidelines. So cameras eventually catch it. And my man is getting Instagram followers. They're doing it for the gram at Georgia Tech. They're doing it for the gram. I thought that was hilarious. That is hilarious. Social media taken over. I tell you. Well, here, here is another one. This is just absolutely hysterical. And I could not stop laughing. Uh, I've, I've watched this like 80 times. So, Cocky is the name of Jacksonville State's mascot. He lived up to his name this weekend after getting flagged, you have to look this up, for an unsportsmanlike conduct after celebrating in the end zone after his team scored a touchdown. Cocky the mascot ran into the pile after he scored a touchdown and then was flagged and then they announced it on the loudspeaker, that there was an unsportsmanlike conduct for Jacksonville State's mascot. On the, I mean, it was it was awesome. Like you, if you have not seen it, go look it up. And he was not. He did not care. He was like, "Yep, I just did that." That's amazing. Last one before we wrap this thing up. Obviously, Bo Nix became overnight sensation at Auburn. But the thing that caught my eye, Bo Nix grew up an Auburn fan. So he's, he's that, you know, kid living the dream right now. Okay. Grew up an Auburn fan. There was a picture that surfaced from when Cam Newton won Auburn's last national title. And he kind of jumped into the crowd in the end zone. He's sitting there with all these fans. And if you look over to Cam's right, there's this tiny little blonde kid in his Auburn football jersey. Guess who it is? Bo Nix. doesn't give you goosebumps, people. I love it. And his dad, remember, did you see that shot that they took when when he scored the touchdown? And his dad just, it was such a cool moment. I think that's like something that will always just be, you know, stuck in my mind with a game like that. So yeah, that was really cool. There was a lot of good stuff from the gridiron this week for now though, we're going to wrap things up. That's a wrap on episode 43. Got a lot of good stuff and we will be actually bringing a bonus episode this week. So look out for that. Woo! Yeah. We'll have a, we'll have a guest. We didn't have a guest in our episode this time, but we will have one coming up this week. So that'll be cool. We have big, big games to break down. I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah. But if you want to be notified when that extra episode drops this week, please make sure you press that subscribe button on iTunes, leave a rate or review. And then as always, please give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Kayla Anderson TV and at Ella Ditch. Also on Instagram at Press Pass Pod. Yes, Press Pass Pod. Wanted to give a shout out to my Washington State Cougars for winning their <laughs> season opener. They just dominated just giving it to them so i'm excited for my kooks just had to give a shout out and for all of you guys out there i hope your college teams won if not i hope they win this next week enjoy your week look out for our bonus episode and you guys take care